2: Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that we don't see him soon.
0: You mm-hmm. feel me?
1: All right, all right, welcome back to the Butting Heads podcast from Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. here with me, Johnny's on vacation, so I'm with Josh Kolak. Uh, you know him as, Josh, I don't remember your new Twitter handle. Uh, it's
3: real underscore Kylo.
1: A, a staple of Rams Twitter and a member of our staff at Rams Talk, so always happy to get Josh on the pod. Uh, we've had him before. You happy to be back?
3: Oh, yeah. Always, always look forward to being on the air with you, man.
1: Absolutely. Uh, The feeling is mutual. All right. We are going to go through our 53-man roster projection today. It's more to talk about, you know, how we feel about depth at each position uh, than it is to talk about, like, whether Nick Scott is going to make the roster. But it's a good time to talk about what we've seen in the preseason so far and how we feel about depth and all that stuff. And, of course, we'll talk about some position battles that have been happening. Uh, But before we get into it, guys, don't forget, subscribe, rate, wherever you're getting our podcast, And if it's an Apple podcast, give us a five-star review and be entered to win a $75 gift card from NFLshop.com. All you got to do is leave your review Send an email to ramstalk1945 at gmail.com with a screenshot of the review. Let us know who's entering. Uh, And if it's a good review, Derek will read it on the air on the Ramstalk Radio show. And speaking of that show, don't forget to check out the other shows on the feed, guys. It's not just betting heads, as I'm sure most of you are aware. But, of course, check out Ramstalk Radio with Derek, uh, Rams Uncensored with some of your favorite Rams Twitter men, and, of course, the Rams Brothers podcast just added to the feed. I think the first episode's going up soon, so stay on the lookout for that, uh, and of course, wherever you're getting your podcasts, we're there. If we're not there, let us know, and we'll get there, but all right, let's talk football because it's August, and there's actually football, even though it's not good football. Uh, but, Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last show, but everyone's getting so hyped about like the Hall of Fame game. I think I watched three plays i watched kevin hogan chuck a ball into the dirt and i was like man why do, why am i doing this <laughs> like, but it was still fuck uh it was, it's been so it has been too long
3: yeah so here's the thing when it comes to preseason i don't watch like pretty much any of it other than highlights except for the rams and that's because i like to kind of see you know kind of like what we're going to talk about today what the depth looks like and things like that but other than the rams preseason i just try to stay away from it except for highlights
1: right and as putrid as the Rams have looked this preseason, uh, partly because they're not playing anybody, there's there's definitely been some standouts and we'll we'll talk about those guys today. But first we gotta talk about the bad thing that happened, and that's Micah Kaiser It's uh, is expected to be the team's starting inside linebacker, out indefinitely, with a torn pectoral muscle. A, it's he's like the one starter that was playing in the preseason and he got hurt but Uh, I don't know how you feel Josh I I think playing Kaiser was the right call Because uh, he's unproven And it's not like the guys in the offensive line Where like um, I don't know Those guys are locked in stone Are going to be out there every snap Kaiser I don't think he would have been And he was really still competing for that job But I guess How do you feel about losing Kaiser Uh, How do you feel it's going to affect the team And I I guess just your general thoughts on uh, What happened and how the Rams will rebound
3: Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I think that I I kind of agree with you on as far as Kaiser needing to play in the preseason before he got injured. Uh, You know, he was unproven. He was a fifth round rookie uh, played, you know, decent in preseason last year, but I mean, it was preseason. So I think it was the smart move to play him, see what you got. And like you said, like it's still a position battle because he hasn't started in the NFL before as far as the injury goes. I am a big Micah Kaiser fan. I had a lot of faith in him to at least be good in the run game. Coverage, he's got some athletic ability to do it, but, I mean, we've got other guys who can kind of fill that role um, when he had to come out. I I think it's a hit to the defense, uh, particularly the run defense, which we've struggled with in the past. Um, But I think that there are guys on the roster that can kind of fill in, do what he does, and uh, there's some guys I like – for our depth there as well so we'll see
1: to me i i wrote a i wrote about this for ramswire yesterday if you want to check out the article i don't think this will really make or break the defense and part of that is because you, you mentioned the coverage and that you wouldn't expect a lot from him i don't really think he him or his replacement would be on the field that much during at least primary passing downs because i expect it to be like when baron set out last year Rameek Wilson and Marky Christian kind of split the linebacker snaps 50 50. Wilson was really the primary run stopper, and Christian would come in on uh, expected passing downs and you know, be that guy. With Kaiser, I kind of expect a, or I at least expected a similar difference between him and Taylor Rapp, most likely, or Marquise Christian if Rapp can't overtake that job. I definitely expect that with whoever his replacement is. And also for me, I've never been a big Micah Kaiser believer. Uh, and I mentioned Rameek Wilson right there. He was not good. And Kaiser couldn't even beat him out for the job last year. Maybe that was them wanting to give Kaiser a year to learn the ropes. But, like, if he's good enough to beat out Rameek Wilson, I don't think you start Rameek Wilson for four games. And, two, he's he was currently competing for a job with Bryce Hager. I mean, anyone who's watched the Rams the past six years knows that it's not a compliment that you're competing for a job with Bryce Hager, and that's no disrespect to Hager. I mean, he's one of the longest tenured Rams, which says a lot about him. He's one of the only guys that played in St. Louis left on the team, and he's probably going to be our starting linebacker, and look, he plays hard. It's never going to be a concern that he's not trying, uh, but I, I don't feel great about him being our starter, but... I don't feel that much worse about him being the starter than Micah Kaiser. And I think out of all the positions in the defense, if you rank them one to eleven, this spot would probably be ten or eleven because of what I mentioned with Taylor Rapp or Marky Christian playing those passing downs.
3: Yeah, and I, I think it's important to understand today's NFL as a passing league as well. You know, I mean, I forget what the exact percentage is, but I mean we've we've moved to an era where basically your base defense is nickel. You know, so I think we're going to see a lot of Taylor Rapp, and I think so far we've seen him play his role really well. So in in terms of when Rapp's out there and it's, you know, his opportunity to make plays, I've got total faith in Taylor Rapp. I like Micah Kaiser. I, I think he's a good run defender. I saw him play a little bit at Virginia and everything. Um, I like him better than Bryce Hager. Uh, But, again, I'm kind of with you. Like, it's not going to make or break us. Like, put it this way, losing Micah Kaiser is not going to be the difference between going to the Super Bowl and not going to the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's next man up.
1: Right. Yeah, this – it's a blow, but I don't think it's devastating. Uh, The real big blow is you're losing depth at this position to me, which you don't really have. Uh, And Kaiser's uh, Corey Littleson aside, Kaiser's the best linebacker you have. Even though it's, I don't think he's head and shoulders above the other guys, and I do think maybe somebody like Dakota Allen could emerge as a guy who could actually play. I mean, he's looked good in this preseason. Uh, it's it'd be foolish to sit here and be like, uh, Allen should be the guy starting over Kaiser, but you never know what happens in the last few games. I mean, if he keeps kicking ass uh, and Hager doesn't look good, that you might see either Allen emerge as a Week One starter or kind of take over that job. Uh, I don't think anyone should be sitting here and saying like the team has to start at Dakota Allen, a seventh round pick, but he's a guy who he has a really interesting story. Uh, he he did some dumb shit in his past, but from what everyone could tell, he's a high somehow a high character guy. In spite of that, uh, he got expelled from Texas Tech uh, for you no know, con- like I'm pretty sure it was armed robbery or something like that. Uh, had the whole thing on last chance. You comes back. To Texas Tech. And I mean, I think that says a lot about the guy that Texas Tech took him back. Uh, and it, yeah. Nobody was making them do that. So he's a guy I, I liked. I liked when he got drafted. Maybe that's because I watched a show on Netflix about him. Maybe not. But <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens with him, and He's a guy to keep an eye on for the last two games for sure.
3: You know, I, I talked to somebody on Twitter the other day about Dakota Allen, and I. And... I'm I'm with you. I'm a big Dakota Allen fan. I think that so far in the preseason, I've really I've really enjoyed watching him play. Looks like a really high effort guy, as well as being able to do a lot of the same things that Micah Kaiser, you know, you expected him to do. So uh, I, I like him there. I'm I'm rooting for him in terms of like why people are kind of like hyping him up, like oh now he's got to start over Bryce Hager, like he's he's the best middle linebacker. You know, uh, everybody's got their their. Uh, draft darlings and sometimes the seventh round pick i really think it's a situation where uh everybody kind of likes this is a guy like last chance you and now he's you know like you said got to come back to texas tech you know earned that and then earned his way to at least being drafted whether you know late round or not he still is drafted and now he has a chance to potentially take over a starting middle linebacker job for a team that was in the super bowl last year so I, I think, you know, that's a big reason why I think a lot of people root for him. Uh, people might not even watch the games. They just hear the guy and hear he's played well, and they're like, yeah, go <laughs> go, go, Dakota Allen.
1: That, that absolutely happens. Uh, <laughs> well, let's, we'll get back to Dakota later when we talk about the linebackers. Let's get to our roster predictions. We'll each say uh, we each filled out a 53-man roster. We'll say who we picked and talk about any differences we have or whatever. We'll start with quarterback. I don't think this will take long. I don't think you bring in Blake Bortles expecting to roster three quarterbacks. I think they keep Goff and Bortles. Uh, John Wolford and Brandon Allen, who I actually don't think have looked bad this offseason, uh, there's just no reason to keep him around, in my opinion. You, you keep Blake, and if something happens to Goff, uh, you either keep one of those guys in the practice squad or pick somebody up.
3: Yeah, I, I completely agree. We see teams all the time, you know, not— not bring a guy back you know run with less at one position or another and they make a tough cut or whatever despite the guy playing pretty well in his limited snaps and uh i think you could see that happen with Allen or wolford um you know uh, neither has played extremely well but neither has also you know looked so terrible that i wouldn't be willing to have them as a third quarterback if they kept three uh in my opinion i've liked wolford better so far uh with two games left to go but um yeah, I, I think you bring in Blake Bortles. He's a guy who started for a playoff team at one point. I know that he's had ups and downs, but he, he's, he gives you the best shot if golf goes down right now. And uh, I think if something like that were to happen, uh, then you kind of look to, hey, is one of those guys still out there on on the street? Or, you know, do we pick somebody else up from somewhere? And so, yeah, I, I'm with you. Roll with two. If they were
1: comfortable enough to run two quarterbacks last season for most games, and one of them was Sean Mannions, it would be ridiculous to... Hey, c-
3: <laughs> come on now. There there are certain people within the Rams community that think he's better than Jared Goff, okay? <laughs> My
1: God. Uh, I, yeah, it's it's as expected there. I'd be pretty surprised if they kept three, but they did keep Brandon Allen for week one last year, so don't forget that. He got cut later on, but we'll go to running back. I have them keeping four. Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, obviously, John Kelly, I feel like pretty obviously. It wouldn't shock me if they kept Justin Davis as a fifth guy, but to me, like, those, those running backs are all really good, and unless they just don't want to lose Davis in case something happens to Gurley, which, even if something were, Brown, Kelly, and Henderson is a pretty damn good backup running back trio. So i I like Justin Davis, but I don't see a need to keep him. I don't know how you had it.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it pretty simple. Uh, agree. <laughs> uh, I like I like Kelly over Justin Davis. Um, I think that Justin Davis has looked okay in some of the snaps that I saw him play. Uh, but I, I think Kelly has actually shined quite a bit in preseason so far. So, uh, yeah, roll with four, and uh, I'm in agreement with the guys that you said. So
1: He's an August hero. Uh, we all loved him last year. We got pretty excited when we thought he was going to get a chance to play. Uh, when Gurley went out. And then they signed C.J. Anderson and never played him. So, <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever get the John Kelly era. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, as your fourth running back, you can absolutely do worse. And I think he's a good player. He's, he's a decent player. At least he looks it in the preseason. Receiver? This, this should be interesting. Uh, I think we can all agree Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds are stone-cold locks. I have Mike Thomas... And JoJo Natson being the final two. But Nassimba Webster from the clouds is kind of creeping up on JoJo Natson for that return job. Uh, I (laughs) I think most of Ram's Twitter is all for this. I think Natson's kind of fallen out of favor. That fumble last week did not help. Webster comes in. He's definitely a more talented receiver than Natson. I don't think that's going to matter either way for the regular season. But he looked serviceable in the return game. And I guess the other note here is I still think Mike Thomas makes a team over for Hodge, but it wouldn't shock me there if both of them made it or if Hodge was the guy they took, but Mike Thomas feels like he's never going away. But how'd you have this, those final two, or did you have three or I'm curious. (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah. So I have the Rams rolling with, uh, with six receivers. So the top four, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, As far as the last two roster spots for the 53 man, um, I, I got to go with my boy Nasimba. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I think that he brings a lot more to the actual position of receiver than Natson does. And I think he's looked good in his limited opportunity as a returner. Uh, he's looked more secure with the football in his hands. And I think that for me is, has been the thing that I've liked most about him. Uh, when I watched him uh, in his snaps so far, uh, you know, you don't see him drop the ball. We've already seen Natson muff a punt in preseason. Uh, we saw him do it last year. I don't like that. Uh, ball security is important and, and, you know, it can be the difference between winning and losing. So I, I definitely say keep Nasimba. I also saw him, you know, he's 5'10, 180 or something like that. And I saw him high point a ball against Dallas, I think it was. And I was really impressed by that. So I, I really like him. I'm rooting for him. And then, uh, I don't have Mike Thomas. <laughs> um, you got I decided to Yeah, I got Kaderil Hodge. He's my boy. Uh, I, I think that he's shown every bit of receiving ability as Michael Thomas has. And uh, I think that he's shown more as a special teamer than he has. I think that uh, I saw him light a guy up as a gunner the other day. And I love it when receivers like to hit. You know, like I think of Robert Woods being a great, great run blocker. And I just, I really like that. And, uh. You know, good gunner. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm rooting for Hodge there. And I, I think with Michael Thomas, it's not that he's played bad. It's just that we've seen this, this show before. You know, he's been injured. Uh, he's had some drops and things like that when he's played before. So I'd rather, you know, when I get a guy like that who's been on the roster since St. Louis and, you know, hasn't really – you know, looked like one of those guys who, yeah, in preseason he gets hyped up, and hey, he's going to make the roster, and he might do something this year, and and then it's kind of a letdown. At that point, I'm kind of like, let's go with the younger guy. Let's let's see what we have here. So,
1: to me, like, I-, I would rather keep Hodge personally, but Mike Thomas, he's been suspended, he's been injured for an entire season, and the guy is still here. So, like, I just I just feel like they're not going to cut him. I I don't know why. Uh, do you? I- I would cut him. I,
3: I'm, I'm not sure with Michael Thomas. Does he have practice squad eligibility? I don't think he does. I
1: doubt it. Uh, so
3: that that's the one thing that I think may come into play with something like the receiver battle is obviously when you get to the fifth and sixth spot, you're looking at special team ability too. And so you're looking at special teams and you're looking at who's practice squad eligibility. And if Stash uh, and see Thomas over Hodge and see Hodge put on the practice squad, but... That I I'd, I'd personally just rather roll with Hodge, anyways. So
1: you cut out a little there, but you know what? We're on the fly. I'm gonna leave it in. I think everyone got the gist of what you said. I I I hope they keep Hodge. I don't th- I don't think Thomas really adds much, but like I said, he's still here. And I just looked up the rule. Three years is your window for the practice squad. After that, you can't make it. So I believe Cudarell is still practice squad eligible. And I mean. He, he might get picked up by somebody else, but uh, who knows? I I don't know what the league's reception of Hodge Hodges outside of us loving him. He butting heads is a very pro Cadeiro Hodge podcast. Uh, we'll give one more note on the Simba here. I I think if he shows out in the last two games, he will make the team. I, I personally think it in with hindsight, it was a mistake to keep Natson over Farrell Cooper. Uh, I I think. Cooper was just a little slow to return from his injury, but I, I think I'd rather have him this year than Natsen. Um, but we'll see with Webster, man. He looked pretty good. He genuinely looked good. Uh, the other guys here of note, Jacob Green, he also looked pretty good, but I, I don't know if he's done enough. And without the, return, without the return stuff, I can't really see them keeping him over a tenured guy like Thomas or Hodge. Uh, Austin Pearl, I believe, is still practice squad eligible. He is... I think he'll be back on the practice squad.
3: Yeah, I think he's a practice squad guy.
1: Yeah, I think I think they like him, and they've played him a lot. Tight end, I don't really have anything to say here. Everett Higby, and I think they'll just roll with Johnny Munt again.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think, I think Munt's got the job. I have not. Uh, so the tight ends, I don't think, have really gotten a whole lot of opportunity necessarily to really show out yet. Maybe we see that in Game 3, Game 4. Uh, but so far, I haven't been impressed with what they have put on tape. And so, you know, yeah, I'm 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 with you. Roll with Munt and, and go from there. Right. Uh,
1: offensive line, I got Aaron Neary suspended, so he won't affect the roster, um, whether they keep him or not. I have them keeping the starters, Whitworth, Noteboom, Allen, Blythe, and Havenstein. Uh, also got them keeping Bobby Evans, David Edwards, and Jamil Denby, but... Uh, Josh, to be honest, all these guys have looked terrible.
3: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I definitely think the offensive line is somewhere where you may see the Rams look for some waiver-wire guys at the end of preseason. Um, so I, I'd keep my eye there, although I'll, I'll give David Edwards and Bobby Evans just a slight, a slight pass because they're rookies, um, and I think that you kind of look to hope that Cromer can kind of develop those guys and we right. hope that they don't have to see any significant action right. uh, because otherwise we might be seeing Blake Bortles in December. Um, however, uh, the only thing that I would say is to me, I have not been impressed with Demby at all. I haven't really been impressed with this offensive line whatsoever, but Demby has just looked like uh, a turnstile, uh, can't can't really block anybody. Uh, has multiple penalties called on him. I, I, at this point, like I'd rather roll with somebody like a Brandon Hitner, um, somebody like that, and give one of those guys a shot. Um, obviously, you're hoping that they don't have to play anyways. So, and if if not a waiver a waiver claim at some point, uh, you know, man, if if you're trotting out Jameel Demby, you're probably looking to try to make a trade if it's before the trade deadline anyway. So. Yeah, those
1: Jameel Denby takes after he got cut have not aged well. Uh, he got cut for a reason last year. Yeah. <laughs> like he, I don't think the guy's good, uh, but he's probably going to make the team. Hopefully, some, some vet gets cut that we can pick up and add a little depth because, A, we're going into the season with two complete unknowns starting, and, B, if they're bad, we have nobody to replace them. So, like, we're stuck with notebook boom and Allen, and hopefully they'll be yeah. good. I think that the Rams believe in them, and that's that's about all we can ask for. Let, let's let get to the defense here. Before we do, we got to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Jim Hawk, and his book, Hollywood's Team, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. Guys, we've been talking about this book for a while, and I hope you've gotten your hands on it. If you haven't, the paperback is coming out September 6th. If you're waiting for that, if you're a hardback guy, the hardback's awesome. I have it. It's a great book. Uh, I know we're all looking to dip our toes into pretty much anything L.A. Rams. You're listening to a podcast about it right now. If you want to get a little more on the tech side, a little bit about the Rams' history with a bit of a personal touch, you got to check out Jim's book. It tells the story of the 1950s Rams to which his dad john who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957 it's a son story of his father and the team he played for in the era of glitz glamour and future hall of famers there's a ton of players mentioned in this book including guys like norm van brocklin crazy lex hirsch tom Piers, and les richter it's a story that spans the 1950s la sports landscape and obviously with a heavy focus on the rams you find this book online at hollywoodsteam.com you follow it on twitter at hollywoodsteam any questions you have for jim he'll answer them there it's also available in both hardback and electronic form at amazon and bards and noble and you can find it through various other books on the internet guys uh, we've been talking about it for a while it took me a while to read it i regretted waiting it's an awesome book uh i loved it read it cover to cover it's a great story about the rams and just really get to sink your teeth in rams history it's also just a great story about a person's father and the legacy of He left behind. So, again, guys, that's Hollywood's team. Grit, glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Let's look at the defense here, Josh. Defensive line. This will be interesting to see what they do at the last spot. I think, barring a very surprising thing, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, John Franklin Myers, Sebastian Joseph Day, Greg Gaines, all feel like locks for this roster. I think Tanzel Smart has a chance to make it, and I got him as my last guy, but it seems like most people are predicting Morgan Fox to take that spot. Not, neither would surprise me. Fox was out with an injury last year, so it would be a good story for him to get back there. And then Boogie Roberts is kind of floating around in there as a sleeper. Uh, who do you got making the defensive line?
3: Uh, yeah, so I've got Morgan Fox as that last spot. Uh, I think that he's shown pretty well in the preseason so far. Uh, was a guy that I think people were excited about last year before he got hurt. So uh, I, I like what he brings to the table. Um, although, man, it, it's hard. I, I'll admit that it's a really hard battle between him and Tann's a smart. But I'm going to go with Fox on that one. And then uh, I actually think that uh, Boogie Roberts has put some good tape together uh, against Dallas. Like, he flashed a little bit. So I'm hoping that we can maybe stash him on the practice squad.
1: Yeah. I think that would be wise to keep him around. Uh, he's a promising young player. I, I, I think Smart just uh, maybe it's just recent bad because Fox didn't play last year, but Fox is a little bit more versatile, and he's definitely a favorite out of these guys. Uh, but I could see them keeping both too because this is a thin, not necessarily a thin position. It's actually pretty deep. That was the wrong word, but like we're starting Sebastian Joseph Day. It's more unproven. Than yeah, like you got the man in the middle. You're going from Ndamukong Su, one of the best defensive tackles of the decade, to two guys who haven't done shit in the NFL. And I I think Joseph Day is is looking decent, and I think the combination of him and John Franklin Myers will will get the job done. Uh, Obviously, you have, I mentioned one of the best defensive linemen of the decade, you have the best defensive lineman of the decade sitting there in Aaron Donald, and then Michael Brockers, who's pretty good himself, so... I'm not worried here, but if they want to trim some fat elsewhere, I think keeping those two guys wouldn't be a bad idea.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I could definitely see them uh, keeping both. We'll just have to kind of see how that shakes out. I I like both guys, and it's definitely a tough choice if you gotta pick one or the other.
1: Yeah,
3: I'm with you. Outside linebacker, I got him keeping
1: Dante Fowler, Clay Matthews, Samson Ebukam obo Okoronko, who was kind of on the bubble finally strapped him up and proved us all not crazy Uh, looked very decent natrez patrick i got him keeping him he's been a standout this preseason and landis durham i got sneaking into that that last spot here over trayvon young uh who do you you got at the linebacker position
3: uh i actually i have the same exact guys as you okay
1: Um, there we go i
3: I do think that it's a, it's a tough battle between um, Landis Durham and Josh Caraway for me. I think I've seen Josh Caraway flash quite a bit. Um, but in terms of uh, – who did you say before Landis Durham? Uh, uh, Trayvon uh, Young. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I really haven't been too impressed. Uh, I've liked a lot of other guys better. So,
1: Yep. And Trez Patrick has been a standout. Uh, a lot of people are high on him and Oboe getting back out there was a huge deal so uh i i think he was kind of injured towards the bubble just because you know he hadn't been out there but once i finally saw him play i'd be i'd be pretty surprised if he got caught i think i think he kind of cemented his status on the roster here and yeah he
3: he he's definitely the case of like he was what a fifth round pick i think yeah um and everybody was kind of like hyped about him, kind of like Micah Kaiser. And then it, last year it was kind of like, well, well, he's injured. And then everybody kind of got hyped this year. And then, oh, he's injured. And then we saw him play, and it was like, that's why everybody got hyped about Okoronkwo. <laughs> yeah, we, i I'd been cautioning this
1: since last year when we were all talking about these guys. Like, yeah, they're good prospects, and they're steals in the fifth round. But, like, yo, they still fell to the fifth round. Like, if they were that big of steals, somebody would have taken them higher. But, like, hey, Kaiser was going to be a starter. Uh, unfortunately, he got hurt, and hopefully Oboe can make an impact. Uh, he's got some guys pretty set ahead of him on the depth chart. Uh, I think this is a decent group. I feel a lot better about it as this, as the offseason progresses. Uh, I think Fowler is com- will come into his own. will have a nice year, and cl- the combination of Clay Matthews and Samson Epicam. Should be serviceable. Uh, I definitely yeah, feel better and- about this than going into the season with Matt Longacre and Samson Ebukam.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think upgrades over Longacre and Ebukam has flashed at times, but at this point, like next year, we might be talking about him as a bubble guy if he doesn't pick it up. So, yeah. Um, one thing, one thing I do want to add: Nitres Patrick, I really like him. I've man, he has looked so good in the preseason so far. But another thing that. I think that he adds is that he can play inside or outside. And so, I mean, I, at this point, unless he something terrible happens these next couple games, I think he's a lock for the 53.
1: I'm with you. Uh, McVeigh has been quoted saying he doesn't expect anything to change as far as Patrick's position, but uh, they got to consider it at least. And let's get to the inside guys. Micah Kaiser's going on the IR. So he won't affect the, the roster here. I even though Stin, I still only got him keeping four: Bryce Hager, Corey Littleton, Dakota Allen, and uh, Trayvon Howard. Like, like, they're not keeping Kettner Cup, dude. I think he, but I also think he is a absolute one hundred percent stone cold lock. You have put on the record, this guy will be on the practice squad. Uh, if the practice squad, it, like the practice squad exists, if you're not going to use it to play one of your star players' brothers, why do you have it? Like it is made for tampering. <laughs> like give Kettner Cup three years on the practice squad, and when Cooper Cup's extension comes up, be like, "Yeah, we scratch your back. How about you scratch ours?"
3: I, I like that. I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah, like great strategy. Like we're gonna do some maneuvering here. You know, uh, I, I agree. I think uh, I think Odd Man Out would have been Trevin Howard had it not been for the Micah Kaiser injury. But I think now, uh, man, those four guys, you, you can't really go wrong, and I think they all bring something to the table. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement.
1: Yeah, it would be silly to cut any of them. Hell, they might even keep Troy Reader just to see how it plays out. Um, but <laughs> Josh is shaking his head at that no, one. No,
3: no, not after that. Not after that hit the other day. No way. <laughs> nope. Sorry.
1: Uh, fair enough. Uh, cornerback is another position that's gotten really interesting here. Uh, I mean, it's wild because they have five locks. Marcus Peters, Akeep Tlaib, Nick Ruby Coleman, uh, David Long, and... Troy Hill. Troy Hill. Yeah. uh, For some reason, I was just second-guessing myself on David Long's name. I don't know why. Uh, I just have their last names written in front of me. Uh, But yeah, Troy Hill, much to Johnny's chagrin. That guy's not going anywhere. The last spot, guys have been emerging. There's guys that have been with the team for a while. I think it's just Kevin Peterson is going to be the guy that takes it. But, like, Dominic Catfield has been on the roster. Dante Deon was on the practice squad last year and it's looked good. I mean, Darius Williams, an- another guy who – yeah, he's floating around there. Uh, who do you got making the last spot? Do you think they keep more than six or you think there's just one guy here?
3: Man. I'm gonna have to say right now I would rather I would rather keep an extra corner than an extra safety and and here's why is because you know next year you're looking at uh, possibly not having to leave or Peters back, you know, depending on what happens. and uh, so I like to keep those guys around so that you know we've we've got the depth there if we need it for next year. and uh, i'm I'm gonna say that Peterson and Dante Dion make the roster um, and then practice squad. Uh, Darius Williams and Dante Dion, man, he's looked kind of to me like Nikhil Roby Coleman. Like he's a smaller guy who's not afraid to lay the boom to people, which I always love corners that are not afraid to hit. And then we've made him, uh, we've seen him make some plays, you know, pass breakups and interceptions, and he's been doing that through preseasons now for you know a while. He was doing that when he was with the Giants on their on their uh, preseason roster, so. Uh, I, I think Dion and Peterson make the roster. I, I'd rather go with a corner than a safety at this point.
1: It's interesting that you compare the corners and safety suit because, you know, you, if you compare it to Nick or Roby Coleman. We had a little undersized, hard-hitting corner a while back, and we actually moved him to safety uh, in Lamarcus Joyner. You know, it. I think you keep a corner maybe over a safety because like. Dante Deion might be a better player than some of these guys on the safety bubble, and maybe if push comes to shove and you need another safety, which I don't think they will, uh, you could maybe potentially move Deion there. These are corner and safety are probably the deepest positions on the team, I think, maybe besides receiver, but like like Troy Hill and David Long are the backups. I mean, it's safety. you got Taylor Rapp, Marky e. Christian. They're deep here, man, and it sucks because, like, corners as far as practice or as far as bubble guys, that's probably the most talented position to, here too.
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I think the only safety that I, I really like that I would potentially like make me change my mind is Steven Parker, who's played really well, um, but he's still got practice squad eligibility. Ah, man, I'd probably try to stash him there, and then if you need a safety at some point, you bring him up.
1: Who do you got making the team as your safeties? could bump into there
3: uh so i've got my safeties as obviously john johnson uh eric Weddle, and then taylor rapp and marky christian
1: no nick scott uh, man i got nick scott no, making no the nick team. scott um more so man, really yeah. over, steven,
3: over steven parker
1: yeah more so just because nick scott screams like good special teamer to me
3: and he's, he definitely sounds like like, you, you know, that Bones is like banging the table like, no, that is my guy. He's <laughs> not going on the practice squad. Somebody will sign him to a lucrative deal like
1: <laughs> like you're watching a game and some like, you know, Nick Scott comes in and makes a tackle on a kick return You're like, yeah, that sounds like a special teamer. uh He's
3: <laughs> it, it does, doesn't it? Like it's like Nick Scott. That just sounds like a, a Madden. <laughs> Madden generated <laughs> special team player
1: 5'11", uh, 200 pounds, so he's ad- adequately sized, um, but he was a good player at Penn State, I, I don't think he's going to like translate into a good safety in the NFL, but uh, he's a high character guy, uh, his teammates loved him, uh, he was a captain, and I mean, I, I, think, I think it's kind of a guy you'd like to have on your special teams, uh, you know, there's guys like that in the NFL. Like, look at Matthew Slater. Uh, made the Patriots as wide receiver. He's probably caught five passes on in his career. He's like a six-time All-Pro. It's just a special teamer. So Nick Scott, it feels not that he's going to be Matthew Slater, but um, if they could is, spare a roster spot, he seems like he'll be a good special teamer.
3: Is, is he going to be like when everybody was like Pro Bowl linebacker Corey Littleton? <laughs> Pro Bowl safety Nick Scott.
1: Uh, I like Yeah. I- embrace it. <laughs> Like six-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Matthew Slater is catching balls from Tom Brady uh, up in <laughs> up in New England.
3: Five, five, to be exact.
1: <laughs> uh, Slater is a five-time All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champion, uh, and son man. of Rams legend Jackie Slater.
3: Like man, you, Jeez. that's got to be like. It's kinda of like up and down, you know, like people people probably don't even recognize him in public, you know, outside of maybe die hard Patriots fans. And then it's just like you talk to somebody and you're like, Yeah, I've got three Super Bowl rings, and like, oh, what do you play? I'm a wide receiver. I've never <laughs> heard of you.
1: <laughs> Similar to Nick Scott. Uh six foot, two
3: hundred pounds. From now on, I am only referring to him as Pro Bowl Safety Nick Scott. <laughs>
1: Uh, you gotta love it. Um, special teams hackers are Ryan McQuaid. Round out the roster. Um, I will end the podcast if those three aren't on the roster. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's not <Yeah>. happening. <laughs> Sam Ficken bouncing around. Maybe uh, Roberto Aguayo.
1: I mentioned this is a pro Cadero Hodge podcast earlier. This is an anti-Sam Ficken podcast. We are not Anti-Sam. itching for some Ficken here. No. Uh, I never want to see him <laughs> kick field goals for the Rams again. Uh, he's not good. He's not a good kicker. You're itching. you're itching for
3: a thickin'. We are not
1: itching for a thickin'. Uh,
3: if, if we if we roll out Sam Ficken as the kicker, I'm going to send Pro Bowl safety Nick Scott to end that.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um, a- anything you're going to be watching for here in the, Ram- the team's final two preseason games?
3: Uh, I think I'm going to focus a lot on the defensive line and the offensive line. Just see how that kind of shakes out. I'm hoping that, you know, game three and game four, the O-line looks a little bit better. Um, I'll be paying attention to that battle kind of between Brandon Allen, John Wolford, just in the case that it, not even just the Rams, just to see if at any point any team picks them up, you know, what, what that kind of shakes out as, but, uh, yeah. I'll be watching wide receivers cause I'm, I'm pulling for Simba, um. Yeah, I mean, oh, man, honestly looking forward to these depth guys. Like, this is the first time in a long time that I've been like, yeah, I'm excited to watch a preseason game. <laughs> <You> got, <laughs> like, you some got of these ex- guys have played pretty well.
1: And it's funny because, like, the Rams have fucking sucked in the preseason, but it's still, like, it's still, I still feel good about what happened. Like, we have guys like Nasimba Webster emerging, uh, Dakota Allen kind of cementing himself to make the roster. That's that's what you want out of the preseason. You want guys like that to play well.
3: Well, and at the end of the day, like the win loss record in preseason matters like not at all. No, um, I mean all. we've seen we've seen what was it the Detroit Lions who won like went four and oh in the preseason then zero oh and sixteen I guess. Yeah. we've seen no games and then be a playoff team. The the Ravens not about the record. So yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll trade. I'll, I'll take I'll take a preseason loss for a regular season victory any day. So
1: the Ravens have won 15 straight preseason games. Uh, it, it doesn't really? mean anything. Yeah, I saw it today. Uh, the best, I don't know.
3: That's re- death in the league. I bet. I don't remember who don't put know, it up on Instagram.
1: Yeah, somebody compared. They were like the Ravens are the Mo- 72 Dolphins of the preseason. It's like, what? Why even say that? <laughs> <laughs> why even make that post? It's,
3: that is a thing. OK, it's. Uh, they won the preseason bowl.
1: <laughs> I will definitely be watching Natson and Simba. I'm really curious to see how that go- plays out. Uh, Dakota Allen, I, I really want him to keep it up. Hopefully he can push for a rough spot. Bryce Hager, if he's out there, which I think he will be, like, the time is now, buddy. You got, you got to step it up. We got, we got to see you as a leader. Um, And, yeah, all the receivers are really watching. And Daryl Henderson – he did have a big play uh 26 yard screen pass but he's been getting gobbled up part of that has been because the rams offensive line is awful and in this case like they were going against starters on dallas so you you can't expect much when that's happening but we we took this guy in the third round i want to see some more um i don't yeah so sorry go ahead no you're good
3: Um, yeah. So on Daryl Henderson, I actually like, I've liked what I've seen from him. I I know he hasn't impressed quite as much as I think people wanted him to, but it's like, he's not exactly Todd Gurley and he's also still a rookie. Um, but we've seen him break off a couple seven, eight yard runs. Like when, when there's a hole, he's, he's getting it. It's just this offensive line has been atrocious so far. I think we're seeing. I think we're seeing the flashes of ability that we want to see out of him. And I think if you saw him with the first team offensive line, I think it'd be a completely different story right now.
1: And this is um, week three. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like this is when you really see the starters the most for a preseason game. Although we're playing, we're playing. Yeah, um, Denver, right? Uh, yeah, Denver. So. This is Denver's fourth game, so maybe they won't be. I,
3: yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we see them uh, against you know more second string or something. Maybe Daryl Henderson has a chance to kind of show a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I am gonna look this up. This is the end of the podcast. Um, yeah, they don't play next week, so I am curious to see how. Oh, just kidding. Oh, they make them play five preseason games. They do play, so they probably will play their starters. Uh, and oh, yeah. uh, they're gonna eat our offense alive for a quarter.
3: Yep, <sighs> I'm not impressed with that depth. <laughs> if, not a, not at all.
1: If Von Miller is going up against whoever, Jesus Christ, we- <laughs> don't even
3: say that. That's <laughs> oh, good Lord, just, no. Um, don't yeah. even put, don't even put Blake Bortles out there, okay? Because if that happens, like we, you never know. So let's yeah. just not let's just not play with fate.
1: I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I don't want him to get... It's the,
3: it's, it's the Brandon Allen Bowl, okay?
1: Let, let's do it. Um, All right, Josh, where can the people follow you on Twitter again? I think we opened it with, with it.
3: Yeah, you guys can follow me at real underscore Kylo.
1: New Twitter. So if you used to follow Josh, make sure you're following him again. And, of course, you can follow me at Steve Ribeiro. And Johnny's not here. You can follow him, Johnny506. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rams Talk. Uh follow us on Twitter at TalkRams. And uh Yeah. And wherever you're getting your podcast, like, rate, subscribe, and don't forget to enter our five-star review contest on Apple Podcasts. For Josh, the Steve. We're
3: we gonna see him soon. You feel mm-hmm. me?